Welcome, welcome to In the Dark, everyone, and welcome back to my return listeners. It is great to have you all here with me tonight. Here with us today, we have world-renowned researcher in the Bigfoot world, Ron Moorhead. I am super excited to share this with you guys. Can't say enough about how much I enjoyed talking to Ron and getting to know him more. I've always heard such great things about Ron as a person. He's fun, witty, and intelligent. I mean, he's just great to talk to. He's the one who had his first encounter with Bigfoot. He was on a camp out, like on a hunting trip one night, and he's known for the Sierra sounds. So if you don't know what they are or haven't heard them before, please search for them online and you can hear them. It's, they're, it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. He's also an author and is working on his third book currently, and he's got some CDs as well. I could go on about him, but we'll get you into the show to hear for yourself. And just as a side note, um, Ron had a guy at his house doing some work for him. So during the interview, you will hear some sounds off and on that, you know, really couldn't be helped, like some grinding and, you know, whatever tools he was using. Um, I hope you don't mind them. I spent some time trying to edit them out, but wasn't successful. So it's coming to you as we did it. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy this. And here we go. Hi, Ron. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I was just literally trying to message you to see if uh, you had gotten my my link yet or not. So that, I just, just did, yeah. It, uh... Yeah, I didn't have it upstairs. I got a guy out there working, and he was making a little noise, so I just came downstairs. So yeah, I plugged it back in. There it was. So. Great. Thank goodness. Okay, that's so cool. I'm really excited to talk to you can, today. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. That's good. Um, yeah, I just I've been hearing so much about you for so long, and finally, I was just you know I I I really need to contact you and you know just have a maybe a little bit of a different conversation than you've had with others. Who knows, you know, cause I'm, I'm sure you've done so many interviews. I've done a few. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> since 1970, when did you start doing interviews? Oh gosh, it was a few years after 71, uh, probably late eighties or no mid eighties, something like that. When I started actually going on circuit with Al Berry, we started just going to some of these events and, yeah. Investigate reporter that we took in. Uh, he and I started talking about the sounds and giving them out to everybody, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, just kind of grew from there. I just seem to get pretty busy with this now. That's all I do. I've retired from my businesses. And, yeah. Uh, You're retired. No, you no, you also were a gold miner. I oh, understand. I, well, I wasn't a miner. I was I was involved in a company that uh, that messed around with gold. <laughs> Oh, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's how, how that's how you can lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, the way you make so, a the way you make a small fortune in gold mine is put a large fortune in it. Oh, I can imagine. I own a business too and and I know exactly what it's like just spending money, you know, putting it back into the business. It's sometimes you're just you feel like you spend every dime back in the business and you don't make anything from it. But well, where, I, where I made my money was in the hospitality. I had uh, several restaurants and a hotel across the Yosemite. Did you? Yeah. Okay. That's really, that's great. I didn't know that. That's really neat. And then you just, you decided to get out of all that and retire from it? Well, I did that in 2008. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I'm 80 years old now. 
Yeah. I just, uh, well, it made enough to where I had to, my banker yeah. and my accountant bought me out of all my uh, Yeah. I, so. Well, so now I, I asked you, you know, I, I made a statement about you've been doing this since 1971, but how long did it take you after you had first heard these sounds? Like, how long did it take you to start actually? You know, I imagine you started to talk about it right away, but I mean, until it started becoming something that was really public for you. Actually, we've heard talk just to our friends and close, close friends and families. All we talked about it too, because it's just so strange. And uh, yeah, you know, if you tried to talk to people, most of them just put their arms crossed and you know they don't believe you anyway. So, of course, we were all businessmen. I was, and, and so was Bill, my friend, who's a contractor, and I, I had restaurants at that time too. And uh, the other guys involved were also businessmen. And uh, anyway, just we let Albury do the runaround for us after he he started fostering the studies at the University of Wyoming, and, and uh, he kind of got me involved in going out and talking to people about it. And uh, that's what I started doing with him. And but was I, that what? What was their reaction initially? Was it you know, they just thinking you were crazy or? No, it was a big with people generally, you know, people who wanted to know about it. Uh, I mean, Matt Moneymaker, uh, he uh, heard our sounds in 1996, just before 1996, just before he started to be a borrow.org. And uh, he, uh, he, public, uh, he put some of our sounds on his site and uh, that kind of got him going a little bit. And then, yeah. of course, Dr. Curlin, who did the study on him, that's what was, was major to us, because he's the only guy, a professor, academia, that would uh, touch him because of the, and he did an unbiased report on him and studied him for a year, found out that they were uh, not manipulated. They were original, and they were outside, inside, and all over, around the human range. And right. That was quite a remark. He gave that uh, information to a seminar in Vancouver, B.C. in 1978. Uh, anthropology of the unknown and uh, wrote a paper on it and put that papers in a book called Man Like Monsters on Trial that uh, UBC printed, uh, press printed in 1980. And he gives his details of his study and what brings him to what he thinks. And uh, pretty interesting. And what did, has anybody thought about the father? I know that. You know, there's been talk of the the mother. The mother was a human woman, and then the father is of unknown origin. Well, that's, that's, that's probably the DNA that you're thinking about. You know, that, yeah. Uh, Ketchum did years ago, a few years back. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that. Uh, we we didn't collect any DNA up there. We we didn't have DNA in the '70s. That's when they were coming in close to us. You know, they, we mm -hmm. about, but we were underestimating what we we're dealing with up there. We didn't know. Yeah. We thought there's an animal in the woods like so many other people do now. But uh, I, I believe now I'm pretty pretty sure I've got on the right track and close all the dots for they are a human hybrid. And they have the uh, human genome in them and the mitochondrial. And then the, uh, it's been, uh, or Ketchum did the study on the, on the nuclear DNA too, which also uh, brings in the, the, uh, the male counterpart to whatever species she was handling, which was over 100 different specimens. And uh, anyway, there's a book written on that now by Scott Carpenter, a very, very enlightening book about how the DNA was handled, how science community just thumbed it down because of the, uh, it was just out of their 
they don't they don't want to know that it goes against everything it goes against darwinism it goes against religions it goes against everything right so i mean what's your th what did you come up with with the theory that you you know what do you feel you say human hybrid but i mean what what do you think like what would you base that on yeah okay we got dr curlin saying that the tapes were not manipulated they were not slowed down he's an electrical engineer professor of electrical engineering so his uh, credentials are impeccable and uh, then you've got uh, scott nelson who was a crypto linguist who got a hold of him in 2008 by accident by listening to the vfro and uh, he came out and interviewed me and alan berry also he was an investigative reporter we took in uh, to the camp in 72. he got some very clear recordings and uh, he said that's the ones that dr curlin studied but scott nelson uh, didn't know about all that he just heard him on vfro so he he came out and talked to us because he's a crypto linguist trained by the military, the Navy, as a as a linguist, a crypto linguist, two-time graduate of the Defense Language Institute in uh, Monterey, California, and he embedded very carefully. I, I got a letter from them saying that uh, he's a two-time graduate, and he is. Uh, he's more than qualified to transcribe a language. There is a complex language within these sounds. Mm -hmm. So, well, anyway, I, I go on from there, and. Uh, uh, I carried into uh, you got so many people saying what's well, outside the human range. You've got uh, Thinker Thinker, which isn't a professional, but he's he does do some pretty good work. He says that they can do five octaves in one tone. Well, that's humanly impossible. However, the sounds that we had up there uh, would certainly suggest that too. But we're not we weren't checking for that. Uh, just the sounds that he heard on our tapes uh, showed that on his spectrogram. So we've got uh, a lot of information on it, but the big kicker for me is what really puts it together for me was the alien intervention, I think. Uh, I've seen a UFO up there. I've seen just things happened up there that uh, was not classical. And you couldn't answer with classical science. And right. Alberry had a master's degree in, in science, and he said, whatever you do, don't talk about the strange stuff that goes on up here. You'll get, we won't get invited to ever speak anywhere. <laughs> wow. So anyway... Uh, I didn't for a long time, and uh, I started doing it because I think people are ready to hear the, what really happened up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened up there was not just the sounds we recorded and the creatures, whatever they were, that we were encountering, which were have a language by the human definition of language. That means a sapient sentence like we're talking now. That's, right. that's kind of critically important to this. Because only humans, according to Dr. Lieberman at Brown University, have the human vocal mechanism for human language, for language. And that's that's critical because we put it all together. Uh, we had a sound specialist, too, in California, one of only 10 in California. It was a court certified in several languages say that um, she challenges anybody. She heard them. She said nobody can duplicate these sounds. And she could duplicate just about anything. Uh, so I, you got all these people chiming in over the years, and this has been going on now for over fifty years. So uh, that's incredible. Nobody's able to uh, debunk it because it happened, and uh, so they're pretty much accepted now. But what gets me into really chiming in on this UFO stuff and uh, alien intervention is is the fact the government now says we can talk about it, right, and not be called crazy. <laughs> right. So uh, I, I I kind of uh, present that in my program now, which I'm speaking at uh, this this Saturday at uh, in Washington. Oh, yeah. are you? Yeah, I'll be there at the uh, uh, Medline Falls. That's where it's at. Yeah, it's a convention there. And, uh, okay. 
That sounds fun. Are you like researching and going out hunting for them? uh, My research is done like this and like the calls and emails. I don't get out in the woods. I'm in North Carolina now. Okay. The area where I had all these encounters. But there's a lot going on here. I just spoke in Kentucky here last month and uh, actually earlier this month and it was uh, over 30,000 people there. So it's really becoming popular. Yeah. Kentucky was, uh, no, it was. uh, Knoxville, just out of Knoxville, Townsend, and Smoky Mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway, I think I put the dots together to establish, for most people's minds anyway, that these things are a human hybrid. And you've got another person that chimed in on Ketchum's report, you know, the DNA, who, who, wrote, who wrote another paper, and he, he said that maybe it's not a hybrid, like she says, because she assumed it was a hybrid just because they couldn't find the... Uh, nuclear DNA in the, uh, in the uh, gene bank there were 227 billion samples. Mm-hmm. And so therefore the uh, academic community kind of thumbed it down, but he, he went into a theory of uh, mitochondrial uh, introgression, which means that they are so close to human, that maybe they are part human. And uh, that's where he went with it, but not necessarily a hybrid, just over eons and eons of time that they've inbred with, uh, with humans and uh, became more human-like. So I get into the dilution factor too a little bit, which I think happens. Right. Or native lore, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, natives have to say that they used to take their women. And uh, I think there's different types of these beings. They're not just a Bigfoot, there's several types of these things. We call them Bigfoot, but they're different. They're different. Right. Yeah. Some of them probably can talk and have the attributes, but it depends on what created them and when. Because if they were here before you and we were, uh, and just evolved up like, uh, well, like Dr. Meldrum uh, suggests, well, that's where the evidence leads us through that, uh, you know, uh, lineage like that uh, from the species, uh, from Gigantopithecus, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, possibly that uh, they've just evolved so good, but they've evolved past us or they're more than what we are, or, from my experience. And that's the difference between me and some of the uh, quote-unquote professionals out there because I've had the experiences and several of them and it wasn't just one account and that's what makes the story kind of hard to believe until you take the science that we've had done behind them which is the uh, the scientific information we've got that backs up the sounds but I think the Bigfoot itself kind of has taken me into this field of uh, what really are they and what are they here for you know we call them Bigfoot but they're kind of cartoonish and that yeah, keeps a lot of academia away from it, really, just because it's called that, and they don't touch it. We're very fortunate to have uh, Dr. Curling uh, take it on. And then prior to that, though, Al Berry, who was fostering all this, he he took it to the people that did the Nixon tapes, you know, i.e. Tybal in uh, New York City, and uh, mm-hmm. they weren't going to do this for nothing. They suggest he gets a university or somebody, some professor behind it to establish the tapes. But they said what they're hearing, they said there was no 60 cycle hum, which would have showed pre-recording or re-recording that they were uh, much stronger than human uh, could do. And they just did a preliminary listen to them, but uh, they wouldn't tackle the whole subject because they just were very busy at the time and cost money to right. foster the, the uh, current did it. You know, he just did it as a project. So anyway, the sounds are credible. That's just bottom line. And, uh, oh, yeah. 
Nobody yeah, can, I... uh, can debunk them because they are what they are. And I don't usually try to defend them. They defend themselves. But I'm just telling people the history and what I went through, besides the sounds, what, what we went through up there, which was uh, different types of entities happening. I mean, lights and you know, just sounds that you could not find the source of. And I don't mean vocalizations like we record. I mean, metallic sounds. Uh, just one time we thought our camp was being torn apart and we look out there and nothing's happened. Uh, that's really weird. We were in a shelter up there and uh, you couldn't see out uh, unless you opened the locked door we had. So. Yeah. So it anyway, sounded like the camp was being torn apart and you looked out and it's not touched. Yeah. How do you explain uh, that? <laughs> and why would those kind of sounds be happening? I mean, I wonder. Well, I think they were toying with us. That's my opinion. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because yeah. I think they have abilities and they, they have, uh, well, they do. They have abilities that we just don't understand. Mm -hmm. That's what got me into quantum physics and got me into trying to understand the science that could answer some of these anomalies we were experiencing up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what caused my second book, Quantum Bigfoot, to come out. And it kind of gets into the science that can answer those. Because so many people are, I would interview, you know, that's all one disappear. And, hear all these strange stuff that goes on and so many researchers just kind of throw them out with baby water <laughs> they, they won't listen to them because nothing can just disappear right well right well, some th things can disappear when you understand physics and they just haven't done their homework when they say those things because that's why i try to encourage any researcher to to learn some what quantum physics is all about it's how the universe works not just the micro world but throughout everything according to dr stephen Christopher Blair at West Texas A&M. And then from the atoms to the cosmos, the stars uh, works through quantum physics. So what we have is we live in a three-dimensional environment. And in that environment, we only see within certain uh, frequencies. So I think it's energy, frequency, and vibration for the Tesla and for the science. So if you get into uh, energy and frequency and you understand what's really going on from the micro world on up all the way through, through us and through the stars, you realize there's things we can do and there's things going on that we just uh, got to open our minds to and understand that that's that's the science and that's undisputed really uh, and people can dispute if they want to but they just got the head in the sand yeah uh, so. but quantum science is a science and i've asked these classical science what do you think about quantum physics being involved in this and they say we don't want to hear about that because they can't they can't even wrap their head around it you know but you can wrap your head around it. it's not that difficult Right. It's just understanding what's really going on all the way down the subatomic level. At the subatomic level, we are energy vibrating at a frequency. And if you can right. find that frequency, you can change matter. And you got uh, Dr. Uh, Paul DeVac uh, from, uh, actually from Florida, 1933, he won the Nobel Prize for or the mathematical equation to establish that uh, energy and matter are interchangeable, that matter can turn into energy. And it was in 2012 when CERN over in Switzerland, you know, the collider over there, uh, proved that physically. Energy can turn into, or matter can turn into energy. And, mm -hmm. and, and anyway, in Einstein's equation equals into mc squared. That's energy equals matter. But right. They are interchangeable. So when someone says that, something can't disappear it just means they don't see it because our our light frequency is between 430 and 770 
terahertz. That's the only frequencies we see with our visible eyes in the three-dimensional world. But there's mm -hmm. all these other frequencies on each side of that. And if you get into those, there's things that you're just not seeing, but they are there. And that's where people are seeing ghosts, because right. you might get a, you know, depends on temperature and different frequencies going on, but people can see those things in the fourth dimension of time, because you can get out of the three-dimensional world, especially when you get into uh, your theta state of, of awareness, which is uh, kind of asleep. When you go out of your alpha state into the theta state, uh, kind of relax and you're not analyzing things and your mind can open up to things. And these things can uh, frequent, they can get on your frequency and they can uh, they can work with you and play with you. And uh, that's what a lot of people are experiencing when they hear one call their, their dog's name when they're out in the woods and their dog's not with them. Stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that might be why animals see things that we don't too. They they see in a different, you know, they might have a different spectrum of oh, sight. And there's people as well, you know. Like I've had told you in our emails that I had, I've had so many things with, you know, since I was a kid. So I, I just think some people see other, you know, more than others do. They but. do, yes, that's that's for sure. Uh, you also got uh, senses of different, uh, you know, like a dog can hear ultrasound where where we don't and uh, right. they and we got tigers and elephants and giraffes can do ultrasound which we don't hear either but it does affect us yeah and yeah. so uh you got an uh, like a bear's olfactory sense is 2100 times better than humans and uh, we can't smell like they do i don't mean stink I mean, <laughs> yeah i know it's, i know yeah. it's me yeah yeah so, anyway there's just so much more that people need to understand it's, we seem to have a tendency to live in a bubble, just our little worldly bubble that we're in, and there's yeah. so much more. And I got news for people: uh, 1947 in Roswell, it was not a weather balloon. <laughs> now, now the government says that, and they admit there was UFO and aliens. And so, mm -hmm. aliens have been coming here. I've seen witness. I've witnessed their effects of their some of their actual bones in uh, South America. Uh, but have you? Yeah, I've been I've been all over the world. Really, I've been into South America twice uh, on an expedition with two different scientists and uh, examining the elongated skulls and some of the megalithic structures down there. God, and, well, there's God. there's things down there that you can't do today that they've done in ancient. So I know that higher technology has been here on this planet in the mm -hmm. past, and yet we have a tendency to think, no, we're the smartest people going on. Well, no, we're not. Uh, yeah, there's, there's more going on. More has gone on, and I I suggest that these Bigfoot things have been here probably longer than we have. Uh, we were created by the light people, and it's not just biblical, but it's uh, a lot of ancient texts has this how the light beings came down through through the stars. They call them gods, and they uh, they did things, and they they gave technology, and and even got the the good book, which says, First uh, John 1, 5, says God is light. And then in the Genesis, you've got, and I don't want to get religious on you here, but Genesis says that we, let us make man in our image. And you've got all throughout the Bible, if you really take God, it's plural. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so you've got these light beings, which are high-frequency beings, made us from the troglodytes, the caveman. So I don't deny Darwinism. I just think they're missing something there. Well, people put different spins on it. Like they'll they'll call, you know, I hear a lot of people say, like you said, they'll call it like a light being that came down and created it, but they won't say it's God. 
you know, they just, it's just a perspective of it. It's like, well, that's, you know, when you look at some of this stuff, you're like, you have to almost go back to the biblical and say, how does that tie into this exactly? And how is our perception of the Bible, you know, the way we look at the Bible, I think has been like a conditioned way. And if you, I don't know how to word this, but like, if you take yourself out of what we've learned the Bible to be and how it is, and, you know, kind of change it into different ways of describing it. Like, you know, just like you said, like a light person or light people came down and they created us. Mm-hmm. It could be another way of saying God. It Do you is. know what I'm I saying? Think you're right, you're you know? right on target there, Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just whoever, whoever writes things, like whoever's in charge of the people writes the narrative and controls the narrative. Yeah. This has gone on since the beginning of time, and I think it's gone on through biblical writings and interpretations and things like that too. So you have to look deeper into things, not just yes, not just take like what like you say. We've been conditioned to believe certain things, and if something goes against that, it's called cognitive dissonance, and yeah. it's just hard for people to accept new information that goes against their paradigm. It really is hard for people. I've had my relatives. I had relatives story now but she couldn't believe they exist she's not they exist we'd know about it yeah <laughs> i thought we know everything there is to know yeah there's so that's, I mean, that's what, really what more do you need you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean how much more like you know you're talking around the world all you know hundreds thousands of years generations of different cultures that have seen these things and i, I don't understand what more people need you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I they just really can't grasp it. But I know what you mean about people. I just, I you know, just the closed-mindedness. And there's some of the people that will believe in, like, ETs, but they won't believe in Bigfoot. Like, they'll pick certain groups they believe in, but they won't believe in others, mm-hmm. even though they've been seen, you know. And, and there's been many accounts of them, and it's just like, wow. You know, I, I mean, how could you not have an open mind about all of it, really? That's for sure, and especially with the alien component, you put that into it. Mm-hmm. That, that forms right along with biblical teachings and with uh, you know, star people coming down from the sky from all the way from the uh, Anunnaki, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, gone. And even before that. So, yeah, it's just people need to open up their minds, and the only way a parachute's going to work is if it opens. <laughs> I think yeah, it's the same thing. And you just don't want to hit the ground without being open, you know. So I think people have a lot to look into and a lot to study if they really want to understand. And some people are just, like you say, have a closed mind, and that's a shame. And what yeah. I try to open up is in my programs. Is, is their comfort. High. That's their comfort level, though. You know, well, it is. And I tell you, I got a relative real close. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's closed minded. He won't listen to it. You know, raised very spiritual, very re- religious, I should say. And uh, him and his wife both are just, uh, well, they're, they won't go outside that religious teaching because in Galatians, I think it says, if you change any word in this Bible, you're going to go to hell or something like that. So, mm-hmm. You know, they're afraid, of, not afraid, but maybe they are afraid, but they've been trained since they was five years old. This is the only way and you better believe it or you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, you know, that's too bad because they won't even open their minds up to to listen to me, they don't even ask me a question ever, and uh, I'm around wow. uh, about what I do. Well, she will occasionally, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Oh. Well, you know, there's there's even the the component like I I talked to you about. I've I've had thoughts of, you know, are these connected to the what they would call the Nephilim? which would be, you know, like even the aliens, like, you know, are the aliens a different term for demons or potentially like the, the watchers that fell? Or, I mean, is, is this, are these just different names to give what's actually, you know, biblical? Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people think they are definitely the Nephilim, but then there's other people that uh, say they're not malicious at all. So I, I just go with that. I think there's a lot of uh, aliens and we can call them whatever you want to call them, but Mm -hmm. They're able to come down and, and mess with us in our three-dimensional environment, even though they come out of a different dimension, I think. And, uh, yeah, the Nephilim in Genesis 6-4, I think it is, where it says, sons of God. Well, those are fallen angels, but they're also aliens. <laughs> right. And what they did, they was corrupting the human genome. And it, it, going way back, you find that you know Native Americans say they have inbred their our culture, which makes some of them more human-like than others. Yeah. Because the tracks like in the Roger Patterson tracks, I, I know Bob pretty well at Gimlin. And I, in fact, I got one of those tracks from the Patterson film site, and uh, they're not like ours. You know, they're, they're more split. Ours are bigger. Uh, definitely ours, what we have, have a, a complex language, which I'm not sure all of them have that ability. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, different aliens have been coming here, different types of aliens. I mean, the star system's huge. For somebody to think there's only one kind of alien coming here, that's that's another way of putting your head in the sand because so many have came here. And, and we got, I think they've corrupted the species, just playing around with all kinds of species on this planet, uh, trying to hybridize uh, their culture to this planet, probably mm -hmm. to acclimate their, their culture to this planet. Right, it's uh, the jewel of the solar system, and I mean, it's just uh, it's got everything. Yeah, it must be. It must be. And we're just warring and screwing it up with everything else. So it's too bad, but uh, we got to change all that. And what was? Did my part. What? I just want to go back a little bit. The one question I I really had for you that I kept seeing and feeling when I was thinking about doing this, you know, just this, you know, talk, having a conversation with you. <clears throat> what were you feeling the, the night that, you know, in back in 1971 when you initially, I mean, what was the experience like emotionally for you to be out there? And, and it, was, it was a little anxiety going on because everybody was still, we didn't know what we was dealing with. It was some kind of monster, huge something out there, and one, one of them. And they could come in that shelter anytime they wanted to. And we were mm -hmm. all heavily armed. It was a hunting camp. The Johnson brothers have been going there since 1958. And it wasn't until 71 when these things uh, kind of let their presence be known. So we don't know how long they've been around there, like uh, looking at and watching the hunters. And again, it's a hunting camp, eight miles in the wilderness. And uh, it's a really oh, imposing wow. area to get to. It's not like you're back to a truck up to some dirt road and have a six pack and start, start to record these Right, sounds. right. And we, we, it's a, it's a trap. And you got to be in shape to get there or have animals when the good animals get that trail. And uh, it's a, it's quite a, quite a place to get to. I know I took uh, David Pilates up there in 2008 to do a little filming because he's the person, the only one I've ever trusted to, to take to the site. Yeah. He was a videographer, and they did a, a little segment on the Sierra Cap up there. It's in his uh, Missing 401, The Hunted. And yeah. I got about 15 minutes in that, and they, 
They did a real good job of reproducing light that I'd seen two years earlier when I was up there. It just went right through the trees. It was like elongated light. And uh, I don't know what to think about that. It was just nothing surprises me. <laughs> just nothing. Because I don't get surprised by anything anywhere people tell me. I just listen to it. Yeah. It falls yeah. into something I can explain. I'll try to explain it. But uh, if it doesn't, I'll still listen to it. But that's right. That's what I think you have to do is be open-minded and hear, hear everything and don't throw people out just because they saw one disappear and you don't think they can disappear. Because what it well, amounts to is they can change their matter into energy like we talked about a few minutes ago. If they can do that, then they would probably your perception and their trackways would stop. And I've had that happen to me. We'll follow this trackway. My daughter had a sighting. We found the trackway. We followed it and it just abruptly stopped. And for a long time, you don't know what to do with that. You just think, well, wow. And so you just kind of put it on the shelf. But, mm -hmm. but if you really understand how that can happen, you ha it happens through through uh, density because they have no more density once they change their matter into energy. And I think they could go from third dimensional environment and probably somehow get into another dimension. Yeah. Because people see yeah. kind of a pixelated form when they go through. Uh, that change yeah that's what i've heard that too they call it the predator effect i think it is yeah yeah it is that's exactly it yeah. so what did david when you took him up i mean it would any did anything come out of that no well the film but that's all and i told him you know if someone strange comes up here usually nothing happens of course uh, again we're heavily armed and not that that matters a whole lot but uh we also went in with five mules <laughs> You know, you? Of, of equipment. You know? Yeah. <laughs> instead of, instead of, we all had the individual tents and it was a big deal. And uh, so it was fun and we enjoyed the, the whole thing. It was all great. And I'm glad I did it because the whole California was on fire at the time. We was worried about the pack strain getting, getting us back out with all that equipment and everything because the fires were moving towards us. Oh, no. We, we was up there a full week doing this. And, uh, it boiled down to a 15-minute segment on that missing point one the hunted. Mm -hmm. Which I'll be speaking with him this weekend up in my nine falls. He's going to be Yeah. There. I love his show. I, I always watch David. He is the one person out of anybody that I, I will religiously watch. You know, I've I just known think... him since uh, 2009. I met him at a convention we were speaking at. And uh, I trust him because I've, I've been with yeah. him. You know, that's why I took him up there because other people... We just don't know until you get, he's trustworthy. And if someone right. is trustworthy, you don't want to deal with him. You know, so. Yeah. He's, he's just somebody, you get a feel for him that he's just a, you know, he is, he's trustworthy and, and his work I think is so important what he's doing, you know, just to get the word out to people that these things are happening and that you do have to be careful. And this is, you know, mm -hmm. certain things you need and, you know, and what's your spin on, What's your take on um, the missing 411? I mean, what 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 do you feel about that? Well, I got to tell you, since how I ascribe to the multiple different type of aliens have been here, different ones have different agendas, and I think they uh, they have different reasons for abducting people that they do, which a lot of people uh, say they've been abducted. And uh, my feeling is, I. I can't tell you what David. I know what David feels, but I don't. He don't like me to talk about how he feels. I can't speak for him. But, yeah, I know. But, but I, I do it's think other people, people have been uh, have been abducted. Um, mm -hmm. Some some 
are hybrids now, and there's been uh, impregnated women taken, I mean, impregnated with a hybridization uh, program going on with different types of aliens. So it depends on uh, where you want to go with all that because yeah. some of them, you know, can be malicious and some of them may be benevolent. Well, what about the, the disappearances in the national forests and even around the world in general? I mean, what do you well, think? Oh, some of them could be exactly what most people are alluding to, and that's that the alien has abducted them or something. Yeah. Some of them just don't have a, a reasonable answer how the, how some things happen. How the little boy spent three days out in the wilderness, I think it was, with, with some bear holding him, keeping him warm. Right. <laughs> to, right. Well, come on. Bears don't do yeah, that. I know. Do I know. You, you got a lot of stuff that you just got to kind of listen to and put the dots together and see if it makes any sense. But... What makes sense to me is that there's multiple things happening and, and there's just a lot of people aren't paying attention to them or trying to put the dots together to get a picture. Yeah. I think really that the smoking gun of this thing is that uh, there are different types of them out there and some of them may be a relic hominid, which would be falling into uh, Melvin's uh, theory of, uh, of uh, a relic hominid. That's what he thinks. Yeah. Came up through the ages, but. Again, they're all out there looking with camera traps or being on trees or something like that. And that's not what I do. Uh, if I go out in the woods, I'm not going to do that necessarily. And that's just, you want to draw some attention, but uh, it's, don't, I've had people blast my sounds, which is a really no no. I've had these things charge at them. I've had one guy say, he blasts my sound. He's seen this thing charging at him too. Oh my God. You learn how to run real fast then. Oh, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine? I mean, I just, I mean, my God, it would be bad enough what you went through. Well, the thing is, we, we've had it, we've had these sounds transcribed, and uh, transcribed by the Navy uh, intelligence, uh, cryptozoologist, as a complex language, but he doesn't know what they're saying. He just knows it's, it's, a, it's a language by the human definition language, human mm -hmm. definition language, which, which again, he's been trained to decipher if it's malicious sounds, what if a sound is a language or if it's just sounds what he did this for the military. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's very qualified and he said, you know, there's no there's no messing around with these things. <laughs> you don't know what they're saying. Until yeah. one comes in and points to a tree, it's an ooga ooga, there's a tree. You don't know that ooga ooga means a tree. So you don't uh, know what they're saying. And I don't know what they were saying to me when I was that night when actually they started interacting with me outside the shelter, which was really unusual. And I they really like, sound like samurais too. Like there's so well, much, of, you know, it, it's crazy when you hear was, it. Yeah, that was that was a coin by actually Matt Moneymaker. He he heard it. And he yeah. Like a samurai cry. That's what it really started up to be a far was next year, I think, in 1996. No, that's what I thought. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh my, like you don't even... You know, it's your my first connection when I heard it was it, it just sounds like, you know, some ancient samurais like going off on somebody. You know, it, it's just crazy. Well, it, that's it's, the night I saw one, Tracy, and uh, that's that was a long time coming because that was 1974 when that samurai guy recorded it. Oh my god! I saw one just streaking down. What we think was two more an adolescent and a mother down below the creek was. And, wow! And it was uh, probably. Well, I didn't get a good view of it. I just seen it streaking down through the trees and going really, yeah. really fast, very fast, very smooth, very fast. 
And uh, so you finally get to see what's making sound, which is unusual. Because if you don't see what's making sound, you don't know for sure what was making sound. Right. We do know that's out, outside the human, uh, average human range. We know that from science. How many times have you seen one, Ron? That was, that was it. Okay. What <laughs> you? How about, that's like, have you seen any other cryptids? Like, people talk about dogmen or, you know, anything uh, like no, that? No, I don't disbelieve in the dogmen because I, yeah. I do believe that aliens are messing around with their species here. And doing Definitely. Things. So I have no reason to disbelieve in dogmen. I've never seen one. And, uh, I don't mind seeing one, but I, it doesn't make me one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing one from a great distance, that would be, that's the <laughs> one that it's like, I don't know. Those, um, they're the ones that really terrify people, you know, from the sightings. Well, the they're hunters, I've heard. I, 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 yeah. Guy, he came to me and said, I've seen dogmen, and he says they're hunting the Bigfoot. That's what they're for. Uh, because there's, there's a kind of a, Oh, I don't want to say a race, but a, a conflict with different type of aliens. And uh, who knows what created the dog band to uh, what, what kind of Bigfoot these is. They are hunting the Bigfoot, what they're doing about, you know, what for. Because uh, some of the Bigfoots are, are here to, I think, help us. And I think that's what we had up there because we didn't know at the time. But, but because of the interaction I had with them, it's kind of got me on programs like yours here and different ones and, and different conferences all over and yeah. it's just uh, opened up a whole new world for me to uh, try to understand. And uh, that's what we do. That's what we're here for is experiences and understanding. God, imagine. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, there's just something where I feel in my soul that this is, it's the, you know, the biblical connection. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around all of it. But I, you know, there again, I mean, I can't say, I mean, I don't know a hundred percent. We don't, we can't say anything a hundred percent really, you know? So it's, it's just like, I'm trying to see your, or figure out how it, it all ties together. And I just, and, but if you look at things that's written that we've been taught about the biblical, it's, it really does tie in so much in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but yeah. and there's also been so many books removed from the Bible. I believe, I, I truly do believe that. Oh, it's true. It's no you know, yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't. They they think that that's nonsense. I'm like, no, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of books that have been taken out of the Bible. And those oh, are gosh. the ones. Doesn't know about the Dead Sea Scrolls or anything. Like yeah, that. exactly. It's you know, like it may have happened or it's like saying, well, George Washington, was he here or was he not here? You know? Yeah. George Washington was here. It's a matter of yeah. history. Well, Dead Sea Scrolls are a matter of history. Exactly. Yeah what they're saying but, and what they're interpreting out of them is, is still happening. And, uh, you know, you get the book of Enoch too, which was not. That's what I love. You know, yeah. And it just goes into alien intervention and what they were doing. And it just That's fits so with much everything we're it, talking about. Yeah. There's so much in Enoch. I mean, there, those are the books I think, especially people should be reading right now. Mm-hmm. And this time is getting a hold of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the, you know, all the books that were removed that they can find, because I mean, if there's a reason those things were taken out, Oh, There's stuff yeah. they did not want us to know, apparently, too. So it, well, I it, say, whoever's in charge is going to control the narrative. Uh, yeah. From uh, uh, Constantine all the way through King George, yeah. or King, King James, I should say. King James is 36 scholars. But, yeah, I was raised religiously, Tracy. I was raised. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and I, I read a lot of uh, scriptures, and uh, I kept 
when I first encountered these things, I kept where did giants come from? You know, what's going on? So I started reading about giants, and mm-hmm. it goes on from there. You can't just stop with that. There's all kinds of recorded history, and there's a lot of stories that kind of repeated in the Bible. I mean, you got the Bible, but yeah. you've also got the Sanskrit. You got just people have got to look and, and open their minds up for what's really going on and how the narrative is controlled by whoever's mm-hmm. in charge at the time. And a lot of things I mentioned this to somebody last night, uh, even in Hebrew, where it says it's easier to go for a rich man to go through the you know, camel or go through the eye of a needle. Right. <laughs> and I've heard so many takes off of that, but you, you start looking in the Old Testament Hebrew, which I have to translate right? The word for camel is spelled exactly the same as the word for rope. Oh. So you think about that a little bit. And that'll put okay. you off, off Exactly the same word. So somebody put that in the Bible as a camel. It did a okay. Rope, I think. Yeah, it yeah exactly. It makes more sense if you're trying to put a rope through it. I have a needle. You know? Well, it, it really I, does. Yeah, you're right yeah. about that. And I've heard people say, oh, there's a place over in uh, Jerusalem or somewhere. There's a gate there and a camel has to, you have to take everything off of him or squat down to get through this gate and you know, all kinds of theories, but I've never witnessed that myself or know that. But it's their interpretation at the, like you said at the time, it's you know, they you know, it's mm-hmm. it's what they they know. And so they're portraying that through their writings and then you know, then we spend how many decades or whatever, you know, trying to decipher things that maybe some of the things don't even need to be deciphered. They might just be face value what they are. You know, Could there's be, there's uh, things, I like the red, red letter editions and get into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Aramaic, if you get into there, that's the language mostly that, that Jesus spoke. And, and mm-hmm. listen to what he's saying because he never said, worship me. He said, follow me. And I couldn't right. find anywhere in the Bible where it says he says, worship me. He wants you to follow what he's doing. And you follow his teachings, and it's all about love and compassion. And I know. if you've got any religion that follows that teaching, they're on my thumbs up list, you know. I don't care what well, they that, that's call the base. That's that's if you have love, you know, and and compassion for people, that's the base of everything that's good. Yes, it's and you know nothing. Christ was, Christ was right. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, you so, wouldn't have wars and and killings and you know all the stuff that's going on if you have that as your base. And that's that people have to learn that even in relationships with their day to day stuff. You know, there's there's been a lot that I've been on a journey with God for a long time. And he's taught me a lot of things. I, I can hear him. I can I can feel his voice and hear him. And he tells me things and I can I can hear it. And people are just like, you know, it sounds crazy. I'm like, well, it's just this is my relationship with God, you know. And so, you know, I'll I'll ask a question and I'll get the an answer in some of the craziest you know, I've I've had some of the most profound things happen to me when I've asked a question to him and like within three days, usually, which is kind of funny, um, he answers me in really profound ways, and it's it's just like wow, this is this is really there's something to this, well, you know. We all so, have, have something watching after us, something mm-hmm. that, that we don't see, but it's it's there for our, our benefit. And then you can pray, and it's asking for something, or you can meditate, and that's when you receive something. A lot of times. You receive things because if your opinion, I think it all relates into the opinion of the third eye, which uh, a lot of Egyptian hieroglyphs and all that. But yeah, me too. Put, put that woo woo too, you know. But if you want to call, you know, a sub chapter of my book is bringing science and spirituality back together. Yeah. I think true science is, well, even the Veda, you know, the text of the Veda, 
Uh, that's what uh, Tessa and Einstein both looked into. It's, it gets into spirituality and it, and it really relates synonymously with uh, quantum physics. Mm-hmm. That's why it I, does. I, I mean, God's even his whole base is supposed to be mathematical. Oh, so yeah. it, it yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know. Really. I guess that that is kind of you know my channel when I do this podcast. It really is trying to bring the two together because that's how my mind works. I everything to me is. You know, it's like, it's both. It, it, it is the, you know, the physical and the spirituality and the science and just everything. It, it's, I just feel like it all interrelates to each other. You know, yeah. that's, that's just how I look at it. It does. So yeah. it's just something that I feel. I don't feel one way or, you know, close my mind off to the possibility of things. There's, I mean, <laughs> there's so much going on. How could you possibly close your mind off to anything at this point? Right. And well, see, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to talk about our three-dimensional environment. So many people think that's all there is. Mm -hmm. And then you get into quantum physics, you realize that mathematically, I mean, it establishes uh, 10 or 11 different dimensions. And we only live in three of them. Right. So these other creatures are higher frequency dimensional energy energies. And uh, some of them can come into our environment. And when they come into our environment, they are subject to our environmental rules or three rules or two things they shot they have to eat they do all that mm -hmm. stuff it's when they step out of it that they mm -hmm. go into different timeline uh, different uh, well, the time doesn't exist and you get out of our three-dimensional environment everything's in the now uh, just so much to know and to understand yeah. uh, just without an open mind you're just going to hit the ground like a parachute that didn't open well, maybe that's why the government covered so much of it up. I mean, maybe they felt, I mean, I, I believe that the government, I mean, personally, I just, I think it's, it's you know, basically at this point, it's like this evil entity in, in many ways. But, you know, I think a lot of us feel that, you know, but it, um, you know, maybe they, they just felt it was, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't just the government, but something out there felt that it was too much for people to take in. You know, there's just so much going on. And, You're on target. That's true. I, I firmly believe the government knows so much more than what they let us know because yeah, uh, it, it's just too much for us to handle, they think. I mean, if yeah. you had free energy, what would that do to the world? If you had all this technology that alien advanced races have uh, and you spread it out to the world, it would destroy so much. Uh, that, right. That all these uh, entrepreneurs and egotistical People think they have to have you. Know, I can think about it at my age, and I, I think about all the people that's come and gone that have been high profile people. I mean, away from John Wayne, Elvis Presley, or go on, you know, and on. And they accomplish all, all this stuff, but then they're just gone. Yeah. Well, what happens? Well, first of all, according to physics, nothing dies. Energy, which we all are, mm -hmm. cannot die. It can only change forms. Now, that's, that's quantum physics. Energy can only change forms, it never dies. So what do you go to? Well, if you're religious, you're going to go to heaven, you hope. And mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're a physicist, you're just going to change into another form, into another dimension. And I think that's where we're going to all understand everything at that time. Right now, we're just working towards it, trying to. And uh, that's what I hope to. Well, I, I think we're living in a very special time. And uh, I hope I, I get to too. see, see uh, more of it. <laughs> I mean, good health as far as that part goes. but. You, yeah. never know. you never know when you've responded to everything that you're supposed to respond to in this lifetime, you're not going to be here any longer. And uh, we're here for the experience, I think. And it's how yeah. you respond to the experience more than the experience itself. 
So many people want to put themselves in a victim category. Their victim yeah. Circumstances. Well, no, we're here to learn. You either learn or you win. You don't. You don't lose. No one loses if you respond to the experience properly, and that's right. with love and compassion. No matter what happens, you know if you can't say something good, <laughs> you know. I was on Disneyland exactly. hundred years ago. I say hundred years ago when I was down there with my kids when they were little, and uh, went to that big bear jamboree or whatever it was, and one of the moose up on the wall said, "Well, if you say something nice, don't say nothing at all." That, yeah. that stuck with me, and that's so true. It is uh, true, and it's hard for us to follow because, like I mentioned before, when somebody doubles their medication, they can't move with this red, with the green light when they go and they're right in front of you. You want to honk your horn and, and say, uh -huh. "Come on!" <laughs> But you got to have compassion for those people and for everything that happens and for what your circumstance is. Just receive from it, learn from it. Don't don't put yourself in the victim category. And that's now easy I, for a lot of people to do. I I think that um, you know, there's times I'm out and I I usually whenever I'm out in public, I I look at people and I always try to have I have this philosophy that you know I want to make sure that a person you know, leaves my presence feeling better about themselves that day Great. because you never know what this person's going through. Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. we just, we just don't know what kind of life they have or whatever, but there are times I get in the car, you know, and <laughs> driving yeah. is what it is. We're still human, you know, we got those challenges. Hey, got to interrupt the show for a brief moment and we will be right back. And we are back on with the show. I wanted to ask you, um, we were talking about, you know, some of the biblical connection to some of this stuff. Do you ever find yourself when you're reading the Bible or when you've read the Bible, do you ever feel something just doesn't uh, feel right to you or doesn't sound right? Well, when you do, yes. Uh, I think a lot of people do. You just okay. research it and see what they really meant and go into the interpretations of it. Uh, because, yeah, there's... there's a lot of questions, but that's what caused me to get into, the, you know, into physics and into reading some of the Bible and mm -hmm. looking into the history of how the Bible was written and uh, who changed what and what was going on. And all the books that you were talking about, like the book of Thomas, and that wasn't included because there's things that didn't fit with the paradigm. You know, when, when Constantine did this in what, 326 or something like that. He uh, he only allowed four the four Gospels in the in the Messian Creed, mm -hmm. and that was to try to bring all the people together in one blanket. And wow. uh, that was good. They did that, but it wasn't everything. You know, different books were added, and some were not included. Depends on who was in charge at the time. <laughs> we talked mm -hmm. about, and that's where the Dead Sea Scrolls come in, and the different books. That, I mean, you got Judas wrote a book, Mary wrote a book. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of papers out there that uh, are being translated now. To the English. That's crazy. Some, some of them we can buy and some available, some of them aren't. But uh, it's just uh, people have to just look and uh, stop yeah. having a, just keep their head out of the sand. And, yeah, I just wonder because I, I just I feel like, you know, I have a problem. Every time I, I try, I've tried to read the Bible, I, I walk away feeling, not every time, but a lot of times I walk away feeling angry. And mm. I feel like that just doesn't, it just <laughs> doesn't, even the whole concept of hell, now hell could be very real. You know, but I just, I, I just, sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, it just doesn't, that it doesn't make sense to me that, you know, you would just round, you know, 98% of the population up and throw them in a pit of, of fire. 
for, <laughs> I mean, I, do you, does it ever like, I mean, you know, like sometimes I'm just like, this just doesn't. It I does. asked that question that you're asking right now when I long, long time ago. I said, well, who's going to be in charge of hell? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and no one could ever answer that. Well, the thing is, if you're supposed to burn, well, your spirit doesn't burn. You know, that's your body burn. Nothing made sense to me there. And then yeah. you find out uh, death as we perceive it, uh, like we've been taught, I think it's to bring fear into people, control people. Right. So if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. Well, it's exactly how I feel. You know, there's, there is, no, it doesn't exist like that. I don't believe. I was trained differently. I was trained that we only have this one body to go through to, but I, I believe now in multiple embodiments because that's what makes sense to me. If all right. these people that say, how, did, how do you get a five-year-old that can play a piano like, like he's been playing all his life? Uh, mm -hmm. How do you get these young kids, which are five, six years old, knowing different languages when they've never been taught a different language? What fits with all that? What fits with some young kid, eight or nine years old, all of a sudden, you know, like say, getting his legs cut off or something like that? What, where's the balance in all that? None of that makes sense to me. It never did. The balance in that is, is karma. And, and you know, if you can't get into that, you go, hell, think about that. But we have to balance ourselves. To balance who we are and start getting ourselves in line so that you're listening from your heart, which has to be in coherence with your brain. Otherwise, your brain's going to tell you which way to go and all you're going to make mistakes. But once you can listen to your heart, you're going to get you're going to do everything right and you're going to be okay. Right. And, and that's how I think, anyway. And, and uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I believe in multiple embodiments just because there's been too many people. Claiming it, number one, and just about every religion right. in the world thinks it that way, except for some of the Christian religions. And you see, a lot of those people are coming out of the box now because it, it doesn't make sense how some things can happen. Some people born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and some people are hurt. Right. 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 Well, what what balance is that? What makes that right? It uh, doesn't. So, it doesn't you know, make sense. No, and there's there's no hell. I mean, I, in my opinion, I got to say that because I get called yeah. out by religious people but i don't care it's how i think it's what i it's, it's I just hard to imagine a creator that would do something that well, that to well, me is evil god is love so that's wherever you look god is plural being mm -hmm. the light i think we were our, our dna from the target light was changed like i think i've mentioned that by these creators with high frequency and they they're not just dimensional, but they're interdimensional. They can be anywhere, anytime. They're very, very high frequency. They are. They are not God as you perceive, because God is a consciousness, and it's like you know, there's got to be a consciousness in charge of it all. But still, right. there's there's these entities that are they're right out of that. that I don't know how to explain it. I can see it, but I can't talk. I can't say it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, who are, are who created us in their image? Which so we're supposed we're supposed to be high frequency being. We're working in, in three dimensional frequency, and, and if you can find that frequency, you can change matter. That's how I think Jesus and the right. masters did their miracles was through laws of quantum physics. He said, "You can do everything I'm doing." Okay, he said, "Everybody else can do what I'm doing. Raise that. Do that." He did say that. Well, yes. Well, how many, else are, how many of us are walking on water right now? Wow. I wish I could change my water into wine, but I can't do that yet. And we've got a long mm -hmm. way to go. 
how far is Bigfoot advanced? That's that's a question I like to ask people. How far do you think they are? Because so many people think there's ape running around the woods. And we got to be superior to them. But they can find us, but we can't find them. No, I don't think we're more superior. I think we're just different. There's so much more than an ape in the woods, and they have probably evolved further than we have. We have further to evolve as human race. But right. We're very lucky to be who we are on this planet and be given what we've been given and given the, uh, the, the uh, opportunity, I should say, to be here and to respond to things because that's what's going to allow us to get into a higher frequency. Well, that could be the creation, though. That That's what was intended for us to be, you know, who we are and, you know, in a sense, run the planet. But I, I just, you know, and then the government, of course, which, you know, we, I don't know what the real term for the government is, but whatever beings that, you know, that are at play here are making sure that we don't know our abilities, that we don't, you know, we don't have this information. I mean, well, we could have all the abilities these, these Sasquatch have and more, but we just don't, we're not aware of it. That's so true. I think you're on track right there again, you know. We have all these abilities. We just haven't evolved mm -hmm. into them yet. We don't we know how to use it. them. We don't. Right. Well, you got people thought. who, you got people who have telepathic abilities. You got you mm -hmm. know remote viewers, which happens, and you got people who just have have delved into this more and have learned how to use some of these abilities that we have. I think we all have to learn how to clean up our pineal gland, get the third eye, so we can receive this information. We've right. been dumbed down by our government, by fluoride, by everything they do to us. Yep. And, yep. and as long as they keep doing that and we allow that, well, we're going to uh, not gain like we should. But I think there's a big yep. transition fixed to happen on this planet. And I think we're in the right time, doing the right thing. It's crazy, the stuff like it just, you know, I, I, I've had, you know, um, I have I have huge telepathic abilities. I, mm -hmm. I can literally, it's it's insane. Good. How much I can I can feel things before they happen, see things. I've been told things. I've had dreams. I've had feelings. You know, it's it's bizarre how much of that I have. Good. I always attribute it to um, where I grew up. I grew up in a in a in basically a haunted. You know, it was active. I, I told you, you know, in the email, I said, I don't want to call it haunted. I guess I would say active. You know, it was a very active household. It was a, you know, the the house was, you know, it was huge, and it it um. It was very old and Victorian mansion, and it, it was uh, very active. And I, I just felt being in that environment since I was a child really opened up, you know, maybe, you know, t tapped me into certain abilities because I was aware of things that were going on, and I, I grew up believing in it as well. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it and that's that's a huge part of it is if you have to believe in it or believe that it's possible to even, you know, understand. Yeah, otherwise, you're going to think it's just your mind playing games yeah. or something, yeah. You know? Yeah, you'll just you dismiss it. You try to buffer it out so you don't have to feel feel it or deal with it. And mm -hmm. I do that a lot, even like I'll sleep with TVs on and stuff like that, because I have to constantly buffer out my environment because I get pressed in on. I get I feel all this stuff pressing in on me, uh feelings, flashes, even spirits or whatever they are, you know, stuff that's around me. Um, and I, I, I just get crowded with it. My daughter's the same way. And, and if I don't, I have to be in a house with other people almost at all times, or, you know, I can't like, I, it would drive me nuts to have to sleep in my house at night alone. Oh. It would just be awful for me because it, it's, it's just so active around me and I try to ignore it.
Well, for a lot of people are that way. Not a lot, but I mean, I've heard of other people that are very intuitive. My mother was that way. Yeah. I don't know if it's inheritive or what it is, but uh, I think it all has to do with, uh, with frequency and vibration. Yeah, it's got to uh, be. Yeah. If I could just... I know I've had things happen to me at night, generally, when, when I think I'm asleep. I think I'm in the alpha state, just dozing off in the theta state of sleep. And then yeah. things will happen. And uh, not every night, occasionally, uh, I'll see something uh, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't see. And yeah. as soon as you totally wake up and try to analyze it, it's gone. You know, just like that, because yeah. it changes. And uh, But at night, I think it's when your, your analytical mind is at rest and things can happen at that time. And, uh, anyway, it's, you, uh, it's exciting. Have you ever been in a home, you know, where... I mean, or even your own home where it's been like active, where you thought that there were things coming in and out of it on a regular basis, or is it just stuff that you, you know, just might once in a while happen? Where you I, had a lot, I had a, a large Victorian home in Port Townsend, Washington for a few years. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, there was things happening in that house, and it wasn't every time, but, you know, things would happen. Just yeah. all of a sudden, uh, on the bench, you know, my wife's purse would be on the inside of the room or something and thrown away. You hear it and you go look and it's always there. And found out in 1936 that uh, a colonel uh, shot himself in that room. And oh. uh, he, he had uh, diabetes and he was depressed and he killed himself. And uh, I don't know if he, his, his energy is still there and he just came mm -hmm. stuck there. Uh, I don't know what happens. I just know that some people, I don't disbelieve in ghosts, if you want to call them ghosts, but they're just energy people, entities, that, energy entities, that's a good word, energy yeah. entities, <laughs> that, yeah. have not, that have not vibrated out yet and got into another embodiment. And uh, it's just, uh, they got more to, to do. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know I, I just some might get stuck. Yeah. You know, there's, there might be some that are afraid to, move on because of what they've you know going back to biblical teachings that they might believe they could be doomed to house so they're afraid you know and to think about thoughts like that with you know like cases you know maybe some, maybe some people get lost you know, they don't know how to move on you know what'd you say i said i didn't hear you very well for just a few seconds there Oh, I just said some people, can you hear me okay now? Yeah. Okay, I said some people might get lost. Like they, you know, there, there might be souls or, you know, their energy, they, they get trapped. I mean, you, you just don't, especially something mm -hmm. that's violent. Because you, you hear a lot of things where it seems like a lot of cases where people have been murdered or committed to murder or suicide, possibly, um, where they just, you know, a lot of those seem to, kind of stay or get stuck you, know, you hear a lot of those stories with, with something that's attached to a story like that so it, it, it makes you wonder if they're afraid to move on or they get stuck well we all have choices i think you have choices in this life or the next life wherever you are you can have choices that's that's one of the things the universe agrees on yeah and uh, if they are stuck there because the vibration just can't get out of it i i really don't know that answer but there's there's is an answer and we will know one day i hope we do ron you know i <laughs> I, I hope that you know i wonder that at times i'm like you know what if what if we we leave here and and you know i mean in some cases what if you're just recycled right back or 
if you move on and you're still, you know, you're still learning and see the thing that, you know, we talk about like uh, reincarnation and such like, you know, we both feel that that's possible. I mean, I feel that how could you learn what you need to learn in one lifetime and people that die at 16 or at 21 yeah. or, you know, 10 there's, I mean, what was, that doesn't, right. that doesn't make sense to me either. And it, it, it sounds logical to me that our soul would come back to learn different lessons and to learn different experiences so that we would grow, yeah. you know, but then you, you hear of these near death experiences, like say the heaven is for real story where Colton Burpo had gone to heaven and he sat on Jesus's lap. He was three years old and he came back. He saw his mother. He saw what she was doing. He saw his father, what he was doing. This kid wasn't even dead. He just had, you know, had been taken up and then he, so he's not dead and he's going through the surgery and he's up in heaven with Jesus. He described, you know, where the Holy Spirit was, where Jesus sat. He describes the mother having a miscarriage he never knew about. He met his sister. He met his grandfather, showed his dad, you know, like what he looked like. He, he, you know, cooperated with a cayenne's drawing of Jesus's real face, who was a Russian girl that never knew Jesus she came from a complete atheist family, you know, and, and so you hear these stories and then, and th this is by the multitude. Okay. This is another instance where you've got people that, you know, just like many people, you know, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have seen Bigfoot or whatever the number is. And so you have the same with these people that are having near death experiences that are going to heaven and coming back saying everything that is in the Bible is true. So, how do you compute that then? Like, 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 how are we supposed to see? This is the confusion that I deal with. Where I'm like, you know, wh what am I supposed to believe here? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, uh, according to physics, too, you're creating your own reality. And, uh, yeah, it's true. So, it's true. But it's sure just like detail, though. Different timelines, and I think timelines have something to do with it too. It's just, I don't know, sometimes I think maybe we just keep it simple and just go with God's word, you know, and just do the best you can and be as good of a person as you can be. I mean, that's, that's really, I think, what it boils down to at the end of the day is to just be the best person you can be. Right. Realize yeah. who you are as a creation being created, as a created being made in the image of something very special. Yeah. And if you realize how special that is... Uh, then you know, if you just know who you are as a human being, because you can, mm -hmm. you, you, we have dominion on this planet and these Bigfoot creatures, whatever they are, well, Bigfoot, I don't know what they are, but uh, what we were dealing with up there in the Sierras might have been just pure alien. I don't know. I don't know. Right. They, were, they weren't hybrids, but there are hybrids out there. A lot of them, I think, different types of them. Uh, I don't know why. I also wondered why the sounds we had in 71 and 72 were very very aggressive sounding mm -hmm. and at the time we didn't know they were arguing over who's going to eat us or what yeah 74 when they were really trying to interact with me the sounds were different according to the crypto linguists it took the same vocal mechanism to do the same same you know from 70, 71 72 into 74. Mm -hmm. and so but yet uh they weren't aggressive sounding they were more interactive sounding and you heard, I got recorded on my second CD, uh, the, 
pounding wow. rocks or coating them. You know, they were rhythmically pounding rocks and hitting trees and whooping back and forth. And uh, mm -hmm. it was just an exciting night. Then all of a sudden, like we'd learned over the last two or three years, just don't do anything. Let them think they haven't got your attention. And they started doing other things. So that's what we were doing. My friend and I, we'd pack supplies in on the horses and mules. And we were just sitting there just uh, eating our meal. I'd fix up the stove and dark man. And they started really interacting with us. And you started hearing them call out something. And uh, you don't know what they're calling out, but they're, just, they're calling out to you, but to me. And, and I just started mimicking them, underestimating again what they were, but I uh, started mimicking them. I think they, according to the crypto language, they've actually slowed their vocalizations down to something we might be able to understand. And I've had a lot of people chime in and say, well, I know what they were saying to you. Well, but they all tell me something different, so I didn't know who to believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was an exciting night, and uh, I'm glad it happened to me. But I still, oh, don't know yeah. they were, I still don't know what they were asking me, what they were saying. There's definitely some questions involved there, according to the inflection on the sound we were making. Yeah, I wonder if they can learn our language. I've, I've heard of, um, there's a guy that goes out, I can't remember what his name is, but he supposedly interacts with a Bigfoot. Now, I don't know if it's real or not. I can't, you know, validate that, but he has recordings of him speaking to one, and it sounds very powerful, the voice does and everything, and it, it mimics what he says, you know, so it, it mimics it back. But that that's kind of a fascinating, yeah, I think he's up in Canada. Hmm. I don't. I don't remember exactly who it is again. I, I haven't heard of him, or maybe I have. Just don't, don't, don't <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link. I'll have to try to find it and <clears throat> send you the link. You know? If anybody's got recordings that are even close to a language type recordings, which which I have, you know, those ones we encountered, but something like that, where Scott Nelson would love to tackle it again because he gets some of that stuff. Some of it is very credible and really core cool yeah. what we got. Some of just a bunch of yells or screams. They say, Is this a Bigfoot? I'm sure this is a Bigfoot. I've never heard it before. Well, that doesn't mean it's a Bigfoot just because you've never heard it before. <laughs> but if it's a language, you know, which means a morphine of words uh, in a sentence, mm -hmm. that's different. And Albert Osman in 1924, when he was uh, interviewed by John Green in the 1950s, he said that they were, they were chattering amongst themselves. And uh, that's what they do. They chatter very rapidly. Uh -huh. And that's a language of their own. Uh, but they have bigger heads, they have bigger brains, they have bigger everything. Yeah. They're, they're just, I think, a lot of them are just more advanced than what we want to give them credit for. And that's, that's their safety, really, because many people are out there looking for the, uh, looking for the ape in the woods still. Mm -hmm. and, well, then uh, the other end of it, the other end of the spectrum is the, the people that have seen the little people. Mm -hmm. That's just like... How do, you, how do you go from, you know, Bigfoot to, to little people now? And I'm like, good grief. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Well, you, you got, I asked when I was just a boy, a uh, little boy, I said, how far is it to the end of the universe? Classical mm -hmm. science says everything's measurable and predictable and uh, physical, material. Well, no, everything's not. So if everything is, tell me how far it is in the universe. Yeah. Last time when I got uh, older and got involved with the scientists that are studying this phenomenon, I think that's when I got kicked out of the club because <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how far it is in the universe either. Because there is no end. How do you explain something that has no end? Well, if it has yeah. no end on that end, how does it 
how can you say it has no end on the other spectrum, the small world? How do you split everything? How, how far can you split? Still get down to nothing. You're never going to get to nothing. It's, I know. And that's hard to get your head around. This so whole thing. Said, you, just, you just have to accept that. And you got you can look up in the stars and realize that there's no end to space. I mean, what could it possibly be? Mm-hmm. I mean, where does it go? And so if you can just comprehend that, you can't understand it, but you can comprehend it. You will be able to comprehend it and understand it once we pass out of this embodiment. Yeah. Get it to another dimension. We'll, we'll understand everything then. But right now, we're just uh, beating our head against the wall trying to understand. We it. really are. I know. It's it fun. Is. It's fun. <laughs> it, well, that's what I, I've said many times that, you know, we're not we're not going to get all the answers, but it is it's definitely fun theorizing about things and trying to put our heads together. And we may never know. I mean, this might be stump, something that, you know, we're doing all this research and everything and we just don't get an answer, you know, until we're, we're gone. Or until we're enlightened. I think we're yeah. more enlightened. I think that's what 2012 calendar was all about is enlightenment time has come around. Mm -hmm. And that's when, uh, that's when things change. And I think things are changing now and we're in the middle of it. We live in a crazy world. It's, it's like something straight out of a Lord of the Rings movie or something. It's, it's just <laughs> like, wow, we, we really do live in, you know, a, a completely supernatural world and it's, and people have to accept that. And, the Bible, you believe in God and you believe in the devil and all that stuff. Well, then why can't you believe in Bigfoot or giants or you know dogmen yeah. or you know yeah. how, how to believe one and not the other? And so, I had so many people that I asked my friend Bill, who was really close to me, going up into the mountains when we had that encounter that night in '74, and, and I said, "You ever want to just go out with me and talk to people? People want get some, you know, cooperation with me." Uh, Mm -hmm. There's six of us involved, which it was. And uh, he said, no, he said, you know, I can't get people. I, I he, he tried to get people to believe there's even a Bigfoot. He said, much less try to get into the anomalies associated with them. Because mm -hmm. uh, you can't get into it without people crossing their arms. The hardest people to talk to, Tracy, I swear, are the church people, the people who have been indoctrinated and brainwashed. Yep. And they're the harsh ones because I tried to present my program to them and show them a track that really cast and listen to sounds and all that stuff. And these them all out there with their arms crossed like that. Oh, I don't know about this guy, you know. Yeah. I knew they knew me, but after that, <laughs> you don't know what they think about you. So you just leave it alone if you're involved in that. Well, that's what's weird about I don't understand even about myself is is how can I be so, you know, I, I love the Lord. I believe in the Lord. I believe in you know, I mean, the, the Bible, to a degree, I, I think there's a clear agenda in the Bible that's male-driven, especially, you know, coming from a, when you're a female reading the Bible, it isn't so fun. You know, so, you know, when you're when I'm reading it, I'm like, well, this just doesn't seem right. And there's a lot here that just doesn't add up. But, um, you know, I do believe in Jesus. I mean, I, I do believe all that stuff. But then there's this a whole other flip side that I'm like, this just isn't adding up. It, it's not adding up to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel right to me. There's a whole bunch more going on here. And there's a you lot know? of people that yeah. say what you are, and then what they'll do is throw religion out, throw their spirituality out, and you can't, you, we're spiritual beings, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Go on. But religion is man made, a lot of it. And, and you, it is, yeah. I think a so. A lot of people that raise in a religious circle, they're, they're in brainwashed, and this is how it has to be if you go outside that parameters you're going to be going to hell also mm -hmm. and you know the ones who 
still want to believe like you do and like I do that there is something really special going on for us and mm -hmm. we're going to be part of it. Uh, but get away from being brain, the brainwashing that you've had and start studying how things are really right. working in this universe and in spirituality. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're doing that and we're exposing that thought pattern to other people right now. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad I get to do this, this right here. That's what my life's all about now. I mean, I'm retired from businesses and I, I just, uh, I do conventions and speak on programs like this and it's, I like to get the word out of how I think and if it gels with yeah. some people, I think I've done my duty or done my job and what my passion is, which is to reveal to people some of the stuff that I reveal today. That's how I feel. I, I feel like, you know, I, I just, I don't, it, I mean, I, it does confuse me a bit that I, I have like both, you know, sides of this where most people don't. They're either, you know, it's all biblical and religious or it's all science. And I'm just like, this feels like it's a whole blend of everything to me. Yeah. So, That's, you know, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Same boat you, are. So, you don't meet too many people that are like that. It, it, it's hard to get, you know, and when I was excited, actually, when you talked to me, when we were emailing a little bit, I was like, oh my gosh, it sounds like you have kind of a more of the same feel along the same line that I do. And I was like, That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was yeah, excited yeah. about that, you know, but Oh, what a world. I'll tell you, Ron. <laughs> if you pass before I do, I want you to give me a visit and tell me what's going on. <laughs> and well, vice versa. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I know when I lost my daughter a couple of years ago, one of my daughters, it was a, yeah, I kept wanting her to come back and tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. My goal now is when I do change out of this environment is to find out what's going on with her. You know, what what choices did she make to be where yeah. she's at because she's somewhere. And, and she's only 30 years old but, and left two children, three children and come to see me here. So I get back to this convention, which I'm really happy for. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's it's kind of sad for us to remain here. But if you really look into the, 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 how I think and how I present it today, it's not a sad thing to pass on. You know, you know Mexico, no. I've been down there the Day of the Dead. You know, they celebrate the dead yeah. know, because they're in a better place. And... Uh, yeah, it's just uh, some people need that comfort. So I've got it. And uh, knowing that whoever passes on is somewhere else, there's no, they're not burning in hell somewhere. They're, they got a decision to make of where they want to go, if they want to learn more here or learn more somewhere else. There's a whole universe out there waiting for us. I know. And it's exciting, I think. I'm excited to go. I'm, I'm actually really excited to move on yeah. from at this point. I really am. I do feel that way. I, well, I do too. And my wife kind of criticized me. So don't, you can't leave me now. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's my only worry is my kid. I've got five, you know, five kids and I've, I have my youngest is almost 17. And he's, you know, when death is, is really something that, you know, the people that are left behind are the ones that are affected by, exactly. you know, that's the, they're the ones that suffer. And that's what I don't want. I don't want for my family to suffer, but boy, am I excited to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'm just like, wow. When you get older and I, you know, I'm older and things happen to you, you know, I'm still healthy that way. But, but yeah. I, five years ago I had a brain surgery. I had a uh, tumor take oh. off my cerebellum. And oh my God cut into my skull to get it off and it kind of messed up my balance a little bit and my mm -hmm. hearing's deaf over that sort of side. So, you know, it's just something I get to respond to. It's something I, I, I'm living through. I'm not going to bump myself off because of it, but 
I'm not a victim. I'm just a person that had another challenge. And yeah. So you, you, and that's another thing. I, I, I walk, but I don't, I don't go walk across Logs on River anymore. Yeah. Just my balance isn't that good. Right. But, uh, I, uh, I, I'm still functioning physically. I, uh, I had a checkup. I went back to North Carolina. And they couldn't believe how old I was because everything was just perfect with the numbers, and I'm happy mm -hmm. for that. But still, how long am I going to be here? And what am I for? Yeah. It's not for what I'm doing right now with this subject matter. Yeah. And where it's taken me to with uh, opening my mind up into uh, how things really work. It, yeah, it's amazing how we get, you know, I, I was kind of wondering what my purpose was outside of being a mom and, you know, running a business and all that type of stuff. And I, I remember one day I was like, God, you know, you've got to show me my purpose. And then I hear I am, I started podcasting and doing all this research and I'm like, how did I end up here? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> like this, you know, five years ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. I never would have done something like this. But I just, I started to feel like, you know, he I was being shown so many things and being opened mm -hmm. up to so much and had so many experiences of my own that I, I, I needed to share. I needed to, you know, to and talk you get about a passion. It. Yeah, you got to do it. That's why I'm doing this. I have passion for it. It's just, yeah. It's just, you, I brought in this, this subject matter and that's, my passion now that's that's all i it do is. I yeah sell my, food, my, I sell my books my cds uh, they're fulfilled they're fulfilled through amazon but uh that's what i do and uh, I how many books have you written two okay yeah actually i got a third one going but i get kind of lazy with it because i have <laughs> to be inspired and i don't want to be uh, well i don't want to be off subject matter but i I got two CDs, which you can listen to, and they're downloadable on my website, ronmoorhead.com. Okay. And I have uh, the two books, which are, you get the hard you know, paperback, so you can get the uh, download to the one. My first yeah. book is, uh, is uh, my chronicle of doing this for 50 years, 40 some odd years at the time I wrote it. And uh, it, it gets into uh, what I went through and what I was thinking when I was there and the different things that was going on with us up there. And then it uh, actually comes with a download link that you can hook into to hear the sounds when I talk about how the sound came about, what we was doing. You can hear the sound that I'm talking about. I think I got about 24 sound bites in the, in the download that you can hear. Not oh, to be confused wow. with either one of the CDs, because the CDs are different. They're the narratives of, of the story itself. And uh, one of them is, uh, was uh, John, uh, Al Berry, who's an investigative reporter that went in. It's his, uh, he wrote it, I produced it. And uh, Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek, The Next Generation, he uh, he narrated it for us. Uh, anyway, um, uh, my second CD is my story. I wrote it, I narrated it, and I produced it. And it's uh, it's uh, it's the one I just talked about, but I got complete stories in the book. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I'm I, definitely going to have to get these. I, I'm really fascinated. I didn't... I, I just didn't know you had CDs and stuff, so that's going to be really yeah. neat. Yeah, they're downloadable. Okay. And, uh, okay. On my website, ronmoorhead.com. Okay. And uh, I'll bring that up. I want to see this stuff. <laughs> uh, it, hey, it's any anything we can learn. You know, I, like I said, you just you know you do have a passion for this, and it, you just can't seem to get enough. So when somebody tells you they you know, especially somebody like you, you know, says you wrote books and have CDs. It's definitely something you want to have. So. 
There's just some people you definitely want to listen to. So I have sold I've sold a lot of the cloth and Bigfoot because it it's uh, it's very exciting to some people. In fact, I got a lot of videos from several people uh, besides Pilates who recently uh, put me out on videos because it's it's very popular by by idealism and what I think. Mm-hmm. How science and spirituality come back together and how yeah. how this is really working, how everything really works throughout the universe. Because many people call me and say, hey, it only works in the micro world, you know. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, like I say, Stephen, you know, Christopher <laughs> Brayer at the uh, West Texas A&M, everything from the atom to the stars works according to quantum physics. And you got yeah. uh, Edgar Mitchell who says it's classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. He was on the astronauts, you know. And I quote a lot of people in that book, a lot of uh, credible people who are, who, are, who are looking at the same thing I am, except Bigfoot's not in it, so they just say there's more going on. Mm. And uh, I love Tesla. He's, he's one of my favorites. Me too. I, I couldn't believe you mentioned Tesla. <laughs> I was like, I talk about Tesla all the time. I, yeah. I love Tesla. Yeah. He, he said, well, one man calls God, another one calls quantum physics. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, then you got yeah. one John 1, 5, it says, God is light. Well, how do you get more clear than that? Right. Then it's just got- the way you're worded. It's the it's it's how you, you know, it, like, you know, people, it, it's just different names for the same thing. It, it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. People are too literal with things. They... You know, if you call, like the Indians call it the creator, they're like, oh, well, they don't believe in God. You know, it's like, what do you think that uh, is? Right. You know, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you just have to break it down and think about things a little more deeper, you know, and, and you know, I can't explain it. It's, it's, it's hard to sometimes to talk to people because you just can't seem to get through, you know, but. You can't. In fact, I don't generally talk to people unless they have an interest in it. If they don't ask a question, they're not ready for an answer. Yeah. And uh, uh, so that's how I look at it. I can't, I can't, these people that say, oh, it's a baloney. I just leave it alone. Isn't that awful? Well, it is awful. You know, (laughs) they want to open their minds to something else, that there could be something else. I can imagine being simple-minded. Like, I'm not, I shouldn't say simple-minded. I know it's kind of insulting, but it just... I don't understand, you know, people that just, you know. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I just don't understand how you can't get past, like, the everyday just going to work, you know, living your life, you know, going to church, you know, just doing all this. And it's like, my God, there's so much more out there. And and, and Yeah. Thank you. You see everything that's going on. Well, that's ridiculous. You only see within our three-dimensional environment and there's there's other dimensions existing. We have to try to understand there's different timelines existing. Mm-hmm. You got a, different aliens existing. I've uh, been Peru, Bolivia. Uh, I spoke oh, at the yeah. Darwin Museum in uh, Moscow, in Siberia. Uh, just uh, looking at anomalies and stuff that's going on. And it's oh, just uh, crazy. It's just when you see that stuff with your own eyes, the megalithic structures down in Bolivia and Peru, uh, get all over, I flew over the Nazca lines too. And, you see this stuff that's gone on, especially the big boulders have been moved for miles. Places yeah. on this 13,000-foot mountain put together like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Many, of over, many of them over 100 tons. They're put together with no mortar. And, and, I mean, just like a jigsaw puzzle. And how'd they do that? Well, we can't do that today. Yeah. 
and you're talking about stuff all over down there. You see it with your own eyes. And we was down there weighing the skulls and checking out the skulls too, those, those elongated skulls to see if there's any any uh, crumb trail leading the elongated skulls, which you often hear about it. Sides of crests on Bigfoot up here, you know, the elongated skulls. There's a kind of crunch out that led it up this way. If the Bigfoot could be involved with that species down there somehow. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, the Incas, who were the, right after the pre Inca people, I think they, they did cradle board their youth, you know, their royalty youth, to try to elongate their skulls, thinking that would probably give them, we think, that would give them the same abilities that these yeah. pre Inca people, the Paracas people, had. Which was how they moved those boulders, how they did the things they did, just straight as there, like a laser cut, you know. <laughs> and uh, if there was a, a crumb job, the, yeah, the Incas uh, warred with the Mayans and the Aztecs in Central America. And they got the stories of the Mayans warring with giants in the north. That took me into the Lovelock Caves in Nevada, where I've been four times trying to get access to. Uh, the remains that were found there in 1911, 1922, mm. right in that area. But the Smithsonian's taken them all away. They can't even show them anymore. So, and the Paiutes claimed that they were warring with cannibalistic giants, red-haired, eight-foot giants. Yeah. Well, then you've got the minaret skulls, which they found in uh, Martin. Yeah, minaret skulls were found by Dr. Denton when it had a Boy Scout crew going into the minarets of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. They dug up this big skull, this mule did, they packed supplies in. He took it to UCLA, and that's where it just turned up missing. Al Berry chased that down, and he could not get anybody to have any information on that. Well, it was taken away. He went over and interviewed Dr. Denton himself, and, you know, he's a, he's a doctor. He mm -hmm. said, oh, it's huge, huge skull, human skull. And uh, anyway, stuff like that just gets hidden. Because they don't want the narrative out that there's something else happening here besides what our religions and what our Darwinism tells us. Right. Well, that's the same way with the DNA study. You know, they, they wouldn't let that go out because Melbourne Ketchum just thought hell, basically, you want to talk about hell. I know. Uh, by the scientific community because of her analysis of that. And uh, because there's, and I'm reading a book on it now. I think I might have mentioned the beginning of the program, it's been written by Scott Carpenter. I encourage anybody to read that if they have any, if they want any information about the DNA study that Ketchum did, because uh, it's it's really enlightening. Uh, okay. So, but yeah, she got thumbs down my clients' community because they can't handle. It's called cognitive dissonance, and they don't want to disrupt what's going on. And a lot of, a lot of science is funded by our government. That's that you Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yep. They want to control the narrative. Well, they control everything by funding it. That's what they do. You know, that that's their whole, that's their game. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's all about for them, you know, even the pharmaceuticals and everything, you know, it, it's just, yeah. You know, I can't, yeah. I, I, I still look at money sometimes and think, I can't believe, you know, everything is dictated by this piece of paper, you know, but it, it's crazy. Like this whole, this whole concept, even of money, just, I, I like, I just, I don't know. I, I that'll, just, go, I that'll go away someday. Yeah. Well, yeah. Has to. It, it just, this is just, this is, it's crazy. I, mm -hmm. I just, boy, <laughs> I don't even have the words for some of this. <laughs> I just, it, it's just like, I just can't even express how this just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, you know? <laughs>
and how we've kind of well, all bought think, into the program. Yeah, so, it's going to get rebooted. I think the whole world's going to get rebooted here. And, uh, yeah. Uh, where you got to trade a chicken for a root canal or something. You know? <laughs> something <laughs> needs to happen. I mean, I you know, I you know, I I just um, I don't know, but I I know I'm I'm ready to go whenever. I mean, I just I'm I, you know I'll be happy as a you know whatever and you know I I just can't. It, things have gotten a little dark. It's an exciting time here, but it it's also you know there's a lot of darkness. You know, a lot of and there's more darkness to come before the light comes. You know. Yeah. The light will be for us who are looking for it. Even Abraham Lincoln said, "You find what you look for," and that's pretty much goes oh. into quantum physics too. <laughs> yeah, it's it it does like like I said, it just it all it's all blended together to me. Mm -hmm. It's all intermingled. You look for I, the good, you find the good. You look for the bad, or entertain the bad. You know, your body's made of what you eat. Your mind is made of what you listen to, what you understand, what you read. Mm -hmm. what you hear and your brain is going to hold all that and if there's a blank spot comes up like somebody saw something in a dumpster and they thought it was a bear but it was really a bigfoot well your mind's going to fill in the blank and say it was a bear yeah it could be vice versa too it might have been a bigfoot and the brain or it might have been just the opposite i don't know i'm getting loose here but uh i'm just saying you you got to Got the phrase, I think a phrase for that. So your brain fills in the holes and it can only fill in what it knows. So, exactly, yeah, with their people, their like I said, their comfort zones, especially they seem to really like to. There's like two types of people the ones that you know go to the comfort zone for the explanation, and the others that you know go outside mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And I guess we're those people that go outside of it, yeah. So well, like the, a good example is out of the Butter Sierra camp. Uh, we were up there when that light, that uh, elongated light went floating by our tent for lots of, for several minutes. You don't know what the, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know what's going to do, you don't know what it's for. It's just not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Yet nothing surprised me up there. We weren't looking for a light. It just, I seen it. It just come floating through the trees, one, three, four foot long, going. It's a form of energy. Well, there's another gentleman up there with us who, up his pack in, and he he was a in a, a sleeping bag off at a distance from us, and he was looking the other way, and he seen something coming down, a light coming down the ridge towards camp. This was like at midnight at night, and uh, he thought, well, somebody's coming to camp. The next morning, he's we asked him, "Did you see anything last night? You see the light going by?" He said, "No, I was facing that way. I didn't see anything except for this." guy coming into camp, he thought somebody's going to be there that night. And I looked up there, you know, nothing up there, but it's boulders. There's no trail up there at all. And anybody's ludicrous to be walking in there at night anyway. It just got kind of a place. Yeah. So he, he couldn't, I said, you know, there's a, there's a theory, not a theory, but the, you got these cones that can shoot out of some of these teachers' light, uh, eyes. A lot of babies will have that until their eye develops more, but it shines a light. And, uh, I said, it could have been that. He thought it was a headlight of somebody walking in the camp. There's no trail where he was looking. And uh, again, you don't walk in there at midnight, any night. <laughs> you just don't right. Do that. right. <laughs> he spent the whole morning up there trying to find something that he couldn't get into where that light was. And he just thought somebody's going to show up in camp. So I'm just saying that because it's kind of distant. He said, well, it had to be an airplane. Well, there's no, hey, no, no. 
But his brain, his brain tried to fill that in because he's a flesh and blood only, you know, can't be anything to anything except flesh and blood. Well, that's uh, a nice man, though. I mean, really good guy. I love him, but he just, his brain wouldn't handle cognitive dissonance. They uh, they can't handle the truth. He had to fill fill it in with something that his brain would handle. Right. A plane would have done that, except it couldn't have been a plane. It's so crazy how there, you know, the 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 connection between the Bigfoot. You just can't, you can't make the connection that Bigfoot and, like, say, an alien spaceship, you know, are are interrelated with each other. Hmm. You know, because the one seems so almost like animalistic, and you know. Like, like a wild man living in the woods or even like a, a gorilla type man or whatever. And then you, you hear people saying, you know, they see a lot of, um, you know, uh, spacecraft yeah. along with the Bigfoot sighting. Well, we had that. I had a, I saw you. I know. And uh, actually about 20% of Bigfoot sightings have UFO associated with it. Right. In fact, the first reported that eighteen eighty eight in the Eureka Times, I think it was called, and this I just got out of the Huffington Post from two thousand twelve actually. But in eighteen eighty eight there's an article that said the uh, a rancher and a bunch of Native Americans he was with all seen this uh, this moon come down from the sky and three crazy bears jumped out of it. <laughs> well that's that's talks you know It <laughs> sounds <laughs> crazy, doesn't it, Rod? <laughs> Well, they didn't have the term Bigfoot. <laughs> I but <laughs> even thinking about Bigfoot stepping out of a UFO, I mean, though, it's just like, okay, now we've gone into outer space of thinking. Like, that's just like, but this is happening. It does. And, you know, what, what advanced technologies can do is just sometimes you can't wrap your head around it, but it's more than what we understand at this point in our lives. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, they just so much higher frequency beings out there that know so much more have so much more technology than we do and it's just uh understanding that they do exist it's out there uh-huh. and uh what they can do we don't know but we who knows they could beam things up we might live in, be living in a star trek universe next, next time you know? literally well they uh, say I, I think wasn't it george lucas who copied chewbacca from his bigfoot yeah. thing yeah. yeah that's what they say I'd like to be a Captain Kirk when I get there. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I just, you know, I just don't. I, it's just, you know, I, I guess when you think of Bigfoot, you think of like a, a barbaric type of being that, you know, just is, is, is kind of like this wild man and or wild, you know, just an animal, almost like an animal. I guess you would yeah. think of it. A lot of people would, you know, or an animal man or some kind of caveman or something. And then you try to make the connection to a UFO or the aliens who in, in our minds, we've been taught to believe there's such a higher being, you know, they have such higher technology, advanced technology. And so you try to make the connection with these two and it's just like, okay, this is just, this sounds just absolutely crazy. You know, now you've got Bigfoot stepping out of a, you just don't think of a higher being as looking like a Bigfoot. You know, well, because, if it was beamed down, like if you hear about abductions being, if they saw something like that, uh, how yeah. would they explain it? How would they explain it? Uh, to them, it was them jumping out, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just got the article. I, I didn't find it from the Eureka Times. I got it out of the Huffington Post. But uh, it's just interesting that uh, 
I think there is a connection. I think there, yeah, that, there has to be. What, I mean, that's where I get with my theory of of so many different types of aliens are out there and have visited this planet and they're hybridizing their, their species on this planet to acclimate their species to this planet. Why? Because this is a great planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got everything if we don't blow it up in between time. Yeah. That, did you hear of that old woman that, that um, there's a woman that lives out in the woods that she actually lives amongst a family of Bigfoot? I don't know her name. I don't, I don't think the name was given, but she somebody had had heard about her and gone to visit her and he actually he ran it he, he saw them he saw the there i guess one of the children that the you know bigfoot children were in her house and um she was in there and then the the male came in and he he talked to her and he said that you know um he asked her where they you know what they were where they came from and she told him that you know they were part human and part star people and she pointed to the the sky and that That's they sad. They come in, they, the males go with, um, they'll get into a, a spacecraft, go with the aliens. When they reach a certain age, they go away for a while and then they're sent back. Mm. This is what was, this is her story. And I just, I thought this was really fascinating because it actually it cooperated. Dennis Carter, it, Mary, Mary Green, Dennis Carter. Dennis Carter, Mary Green is not with us anymore, but Dennis Carter uh, knew her and uh, she was supposedly raised around um, Okay, so you know of her. I know the story. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought that was fascinating. Well, yeah, she was considered a, a well, like we are too, <laughs> way off in left field or something. But oh yeah, uh, I'd but I think people are becoming more and more uh, tuned into. Yeah, there's something else going on. Too many people are seeing anomalies and different things. Now people are seeing spaceships. You know, yeah. UFOs. I was down in South America and talking to some of the people down there, and they, it's, it's, it's just commonplace. UFOs are commonplace. Yeah. But here is where the government has denied it for so long. Now they came out, okay, they've got a space force now, and there's aliens out there. Uh, so they're, they're letting us have just what they think we can handle at the time. They call it a slow disclose. As I talked to a government yeah. agent one night, and he said that that's what the government is coming out with is a slow disclose because I yeah. think there's so many sightings now that they, they just can't keep denying this. Well, yeah. here you go with the Bible scripture. It says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it should also be. In yeah. Coming. Well, what happened in the days of Noah was aliens were coming down, fallen angels, put it that way, and uh, corrupting or messing with the humans of Noah. Exactly. Well, they've been doing that, and they're, I think we're in the days of Noah. And I do too. And it's not like an overnight thing. It just bam, it's just coming. And, but it, I, we're gonna have an overnight thing for a lot of Yeah. But this stuff's gonna change one of these things. You know, I used to think aliens were, for a long time, I believed that they were um, another race of being that God created. Because I was, you know, I had this way of thinking that, well, why would He just create humans and just stop there? I mean, there's a chance He could have created, you know, this, you know, other races or whatever to to live peacefully amongst them. You know, mm -hmm. and the one day I was just, you know, just talking about it. And I remember I stopped dead. I heard God say, Tracy, <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not another race of, you know, person that I created. They said they're, they're the, they're the fallen ones. Mm. And I, and it, it, this, this kind of came out of left field for me. Cause I, I just didn't ever think like that. I didn't, 
at the time I just, that didn't even occur to me. So I knew it was something talking to me, telling me this. I was like, because it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. Mm. And I was like, wow, I never thought of that. Well, I think, so, I think yeah. you know, everything's created one consciousness. I, I, that's my take on it anyway. It's just, mm -hmm. they, they uh, fall away from that. And that's what happened to the fallen ones. You know, the aliens that came down here, they, they fell away from the consciousness they had. <laughs> and, uh, corrupted the human genome and that was to stop the human race from being what we are today which is I know uh, which is uh well we stopped the savior from coming <laughs> put it that way Christ yeah they, tried. Yeah, yeah they tried yeah they tried yeah if it hadn't been for Enoch another reason we should read the book of Enoch uh, his, I, uh, I love uh, Enoch I, re I recommend that to everybody yeah I know his great great grandfather I think it was and Mm -hmm. But uh, I used to get stopped on, well, how'd they make it through the flood if everything got destroyed? Well, then you got Ham, whose son was Cain, uh, who went into the land of Canaan. That's where the giants were. So could, could he have, or could Noah's son's wife, Ham, had a recessive gene for the Nephilim, the giants? Yeah. Because you got the Edomites, which were there, and you got a Michelangelo's picture, which uh, depicts uh, Edomites at a cave. And you got, you just got so much to look into. Then you got Rebecca's womb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hairy, the hairy one, and the, uh, what happens? Can can two different entities uh, impregnate the same womb at the same time? Because you had twins, you know. Right. And one was hairy. Well, yes, one out of every four hundred births can be from two different males. Wow. Twins. And I researched that a little bit, so. Wow. You know, what happened? If they had technology that could actually reach in and do stuff like that, uh, yeah, that's how they wanted to, again, try to corrupt, because he was supposed to get the birthrights. That's why the wars are fought over there today. This, I don't know. There was a story about a man that was, that was, well, he was riding his horse, and he said, it was a testimony he gave, he said he looked over, and out of nowhere, never heard this, this being, you know, come towards him. He said he was, literally walking beside a Bigfoot. And he said, he looked over at him and he said, the, the, the creature telepathically said hello to him. And he said he was um, either Cain or he was either Cain himself or he was a descendant of Cain. Because mm -hmm. th that, that was the mark that that was put on them is what the guy said. That was a story I found interesting. I don't know if there's any truth yeah. to it at all. You know, but you just kind of, you know, get yeah. your feelers out there and you listen to people's stories. And, exactly. you, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know for but, years I had people tell me that all these things disappear. Which, you know, okay, mm -hmm. goodbye. <laughs> but no, they, they can't. And it's in physics and how they do that. Is what we're talking about. Yeah, I've heard stories. Uh, in fact, anybody wants to tell me their story, and I read them. I get emails every day. Uh, Facebook, that's Ronald J. Moorhead, M O R E H A D. And uh, I, I respond to people. I try to do every one, all of just about every day. That's what I do now as a subject. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's fun, and uh, I enjoy uh, helping people if I can, or at least people what I think. And it's all what I think, and because of my experiences around these things, I think I know. I'm qualified to yeah. say something, you know, more so than some of these guys that get up on a stage with me and, and yeah. say, hey, they're just flesh and blood. Don't get up on this tangent thing, you know. They're the ones that better step up. I had a guy one time on a program I was on. He said, I think the Bigfoot community has to 
step up and start talking more science instead of this woo-woo stuff. You know, and I said, I disagree with you 100%. I said, I think science has to step up and get into what's really going on in modern physics. Modern physics is quantum physics. Right. And, and you know, that was, a, what was it, Max Planck won a Nobel Prize in 1918 for, for quantum physics. And that's what Tesla, all these physicists have been working with for a long time. And you've got Newtonian physics, which we're all raised to trust and believe, which we, we have to. It's Newtonian physics, 1687, that was 400 years old. Uh, but you got to put them together, like, like uh, Edgar Mitchell said, it takes them both together, like your perception. Yeah. You know, Einstein makes a statement, uh, well, let's see, what do you say? Uh, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Yeah, so, it's true. Well, I think if he was saying it today, he'd say spirituality, he would say religion. It's, you can't, yeah, you just, you know, just, I, I just feel like people need to stop being so single minded, you know, just don't, you know, you have to open yourself up to, you know, believing that there's other possibilities out there that, you know, we don't know everything. We don't live in a world where we're handed all the answers and our government is not there to, you know, completely protect us or to divulge everything to us either. They want control. And for all we know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the fallen ones are the ones that are running the show down here. Hmm. So hybrid, yeah, or hybrids. You know. mm -hmm. Hybrids from alien intervention uh, with an exactly. agenda that's uh, malicious. Uh, so that's what the war is all about. It's a spiritual war as much as it is a physical war. Yeah. Also, actually. Because you got leaders, some of our leaders are in uh, uh, probably hybrids. Mm-hmm. Maybe but some I don't, even, don't even know that. You know, they may not even know that because they've been into the society, but they get fed this information through telepathically. You know, they, they are subject to that uh, input. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely don't have just regular human beings running stuff down there. I, can, I, can, <laughs> I don't feel that well, in any way. That's common that's sense not, to that's me. That's not being interpreted as... A lot of people don't interpret that as that we got a bunch of aliens running our country. Yeah, well, <laughs> and could aliens be. could be could demons, be. and demons could be off. the fallen angel. Like this could be go right back to what the Bible's telling us as well. So it, it could all yeah. be biblical. It could all be just different ways of phrasing it, mm -hmm. you know. But it it you know that's what I feel. That's my personal feeling. Do I know that a hundred percent? Of course not. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, we just don't know. Well, none but, of us know everything. We're just yeah. We're just searching for the truth and searching yeah. for what we what seems to put the dots together. And, and we know what we feel. You know, we know what what you know sounds right to us, and we can talk about that. It doesn't mean you know doesn't mean we're experts on it, but you know it, that's just the whole point. Just keep an open mind and, and discuss it in a in a way. It's just kind of you know keep your when somebody throws an idea out there, you know, entertain it because mm -hmm. it, it's a possibility. I mean, you just don't know. You don't know. But we're trying to find out. Yeah, we sure are, aren't we? <laughs> Watch for uh, inundation of UFOs and inundation of different species coming down because that's really, they let themselves be seen in our dimension. That's when That's when uh, things are really going to change pretty quick. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. A lot of people will have a hard time handling that, but that's why we're being inundated by the media, being inundated by uh, social yep. network, we're being inundated by theaters, you know, different films by cartoons you see these kids playing with aliens and cartoons anymore you know so uh, it's, it's everywhere it's, it's everywhere. everywhere and then see they're, they're breaking into us slowly but surely they are they're getting us prepared for something and 
you know, and this could be something that turns into a battle for us. I mean, we might be, you know, we don't even know. Yeah. I mean, from what we were told, it's going to be a, a great battle. So we'll to find out. It'll be out. a real, real eye-opener for some of us. Yeah. It sure will, you know. <laughs> well, it says in the Bible, men's hearts will fail them for mm. what they see that comes upon the earth. So, you know, that's, yeah. I don't know. I hope we're out of here by then. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like to be experienced. <laughs> well, we can watch it from afar, Rod. We can. I, I just feel we... bad. I feel bad if my grandchildren. My me too. Have, have yeah, to me too. I'm the same way. Yeah, it was great. Great having you on, and hopefully, I'll have you on again. Thank I'll have you. to, you know, stay in touch with you. Thank you, Tracy. You're welcome, Ron. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Take care. And that is the show for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed interviewing Ron. You know, what a fantastic human being to talk to. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to say something about my own beliefs and feelings about some of the things we discuss on here, such as, you know, reincarnation, hell, and other stuff. You know, we can all theorize and play with ideas it's interesting to search for answers in a world where much has been hidden and removed from us to learn and to know. At the end of the day, no matter what comes to me in the form of ideas and hopes that things are a different way or a way I would hope for them to be, I believe what I feel in my heart is from the Lord. I believe that accepting Jesus as our Savior and Son of God and being the best, most kind person you can be is what we really need to focus on here. You know, we discuss things like hell maybe not existing, but then why would Jesus have had to have died? Sometimes we find ourselves picking and choosing what we want to believe that makes us feel comfortable. But in reality, that just isn't the way it really is, I would imagine. I try to keep an open mind with the knowledge that we truly know so little. But there's still that line I will not cross in the process of giving up on my core belief. And that is that we are in a great battle between the light and the dark daily on this planet. And our God and our Savior is and are real. I just never want anyone to misinterpret that through the open discussions we have on this podcast. So I just wanted to put that out there so you all knew where I stood. I love you all. Say your prayers and work on forming a real solid relationship with the Lord. Stay safe. God bless and bestow his grace upon you all. Until next time, take care everyone and thank you for being here. <laughs>